It's another surprise episode of BuddyCast. I'm here with my good buddy, Charles Rush, who is a well-known football player in my home country, <laughs> PA. How you doing today, sir? Doing well, Nick. How about yourself? Doing well. Love the sweatshirt, like I told you before. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yep. Definitely. So you're a, fam- you're, you're a well-known football player around this city. What inspired you initially to get into football? A lot, actually, because I think just growing up, anyone that knows my parents, knows my father, they they have a football fans. And I got first started playing football when I was in second grade, played in Bay City, played for the Vikings with a coach, Doug Bubna, and played from second grade to sixth grade in Bay City. Had an excellent experience as part of uh, two undefeated teams with the Bears in 92 and then with the Vikings in 93, and in both seasons, we only gave up a touchdown. So I had a great experience. And then my seventh and eighth grade year, I was too big for the league. When I was 13 years old, I was 250 pounds, so I had to sit out for a few years. But I enjoyed the camaraderie. I enjoyed my teammates, and it was such a wonderful experience that when I decided to go where, where I wanted to go to high school, I always knew I wanted to go to the best program within the city, and that was prep. So it's kind of an easy choice in getting the prep and having being being part of such a wonderful class that we had, the class of 2001, and the unprecedented success that we had. It was such a wonderful experience. So looking back in hindsight, it's like 20 years removed from it, at least at prep. And it seems like it was just yesterday because we had such a great experience and we still keep in touch to this day. So it was a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Now that's one thing you and me share in common. We went, we both went to prep, the same high right, school. Right. What was your football experience like playing with them? It was phenomenal. Like my football experience at prep has molded me a lot into being the man that I am today. Because in interacting with such quality men and having them as my coaches, number one, I have to say, Coach Heidelberg, that better known as Coach H. He's a man that I spent majority of my time in high school with because he took me from a two hundred fifty pound basically chubby kid and molded me into a 285 pound All-American and showing me the proper techniques on how to improve my ability, but also just showing me how to be the best man I could be. But you couple with him, with uh, Coach Mishler, I was fortunate to have Coach Mishler as my coach all four years during my time at prep from uh, 97 when we had the fr- we played on the freshman team, we went un- undefeated on time and scored upon. And then when he became the varsity head coach, myself and a few of my other classmates, we went up and played varsity full time as well. So you couldn't ask for a better coach. And mm-hmm. I'm truly not surprised by the success that he's had at the at prep because he needs to have a prep. And I think he's undoubtedly the best coach in area football history. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. I've done some work with him. He's a phenomenal guy. He's always right. a, he's one of those coaches that it's not just football, football, football. It's no. always checking in about things. Like it's always checking in. Hey, how are you doing in this class? Exactly. It's like he cares more about you as a person, as a human being, than he ever does about being a football player. Mm-hmm. And one thing with my family background, it's important to know that it's like I, I come from a football family. I had my uncle that played at Pitt back in the late 70s, early 80s. And he's the reason why I wore 59 at prep and wore 59 when I played at Penn State because that was his number at Pitt. So having him as a, as a role model, he's actually coaches in college football. He coached at Pitt at Tulane, and he's actually coaching now. He's a defense corner at Bethune-Cookman, one of the HBCUs down in Florida. And having his experience, but also I have other athletes in my family as well. My godfather, 
he played basketball at Marquette back in the 1975. He was on a national championship team. So I had so many people to come before me to show me the proper way to utilize my athletic talents to be able to get my education. And I just kind of followed in those footsteps. I was fortunate to be able to be matched with such a wonderful coaching staff to be able to maximize my ability as well as the ability of our, our teammates. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you this. How did you choose the position that you played? Was that something you always played like throughout or was that something like you started out as this and then moved over here like some athletes have done? Yeah, I think I kind of ate my way to the position that I wound up playing. <laughs> because like, I always played line when I was uh, playing in Bay City. So um, I was basically started at right guard in Bay City and played defensive line as well. And then when I got the prep initially on, my, on a freshman team, I was right tackle as well as defensive tackle. And then when I went up to varsity, I switched to left tackle and played defensive tackle as well. So I, unlike some of the other athletes that you mentioned, I didn't really have that many options <laughs> to be able to switch from back and forth. So yeah, I was a, I was a been a big boy for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of also legendary coaches, you worked for another, you worked under another legendary coach, Joe Paterno, when you were at Penn State. What was that like? It's phenomenal. Phenomenal man, and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with Coach Mitchell, like truly caring about you as a person more than a football player. And when I was getting recruited from prep, that's one of the things I looked towards. Like, yes, I enjoy playing football, but I know there's not there's more to life than just football itself. And I didn't want to play for school or for coaches that only cared about football. And some coaches told me point blank during my recruiting process, either you're going to be a student or you're going to be an athlete. You can't be both. And one of the things at Penn State, you never had to choose. They made sure that you have options to be able to major in the majors you want to be in. If you have a class that might conflict with football, you're able to be able to do that. And it's it's more so the proof rather than just the words, because even going back to my recruiting process, one of my father's best friends is a gentleman by the name of Charlie Pittman. So Charlie Pittman, he was uh, worked for Erie Times News back in the late 80s, early 90s. And his, uh, his son played for McDowell for a little bit, Tony Pittman. And Charlie Pittman was Coach Paterno's first All-American. So when I was going through the recruiting process, he actually gave me a book. It was a biography about Coach Paterno. So I was able to learn more about his philosophy and how he treated his players and this, his life perspective. And also uh, Mr. Pittman and his son, uh, Tony Pittman. Tony was on a 94 undefeated team. Um, back when they won the Big Ten. And I honestly probably should have been national championships, but they got robbed when they only mm -hmm. named it in Nebraska. But they wrote a book a few years ago about playing for Coach Paterno. So knowing that and going through the recruiting experience, like I knew I wanted to play for a man that truly cared about me and truly cared about my development. And the five years I spent at Penn State were some of the best years of my life. Mm -hmm. Do you have any personal memories from Coach Paterno? Like anything that like, any encounter that like really still sticks with you today? Um, it's one of the things that like when he passed away a few years ago, a lot of my teammates and former teammates, we talked about how with the tenure that he had at Penn State, how we spanned it 61 years that like granted we played at there at different times, but we all had the same experience because he had so many axioms that we all carry forward through to this day about if you take care of the, the little things, the big things take care of themselves, you either get better or you get worse. You never get to stay the same. Mm -hmm. And just taking that philosophy and actually applying it to your life. And it's something that is truly 
makes you a better person and a better human being overall. And that's something that you want out of your, your college experience, that you truly arrive as boys and you leave as men. And then one other thing he always says that you never realize how important it was to be a Penn State football player because you, it sets yourself up for various situations and that you'll be able to handle that other people that haven't gone through that experience might not be able to handle. So it's, mm-hmm. it's one of the things that I learn more and more each day about how much impact he's had on my life. And it's, it's something that I would not change it for the world. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing football and many sports do nowadays is like, mm-hmm teaches you lessons outside off the gridiron off the Absolutely. field so what what lessons can you explain to some of our buddies here like what are some things that you've learned that you've taken through life because of football i say just perseverance that's like that's one of the reasons why football is such a great sport because that you're literally getting knocked down and then you have to get back up and you could have the make a great play on one play but if the next play you mess up you have to shake that off get back and try again and there's so many different things that you, that if you just live life long enough, you're going to have your setbacks. But understand that that setback doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to move forward and have success in the future. And one of these coach uh, Mishler used to always say is like, football is a perfect team sport because if one person messes up, the whole play messes up. So you get out of the other 10 players doing exactly what they need to do but because that one person didn't execute their job properly, everyone failed. So everyone needs to be accountable for everybody else and everyone needs to be able to make sure that they can handle their responsibility. And it's something that you see in a workplace or, or even with you in your own family. It's like, do your job. It's one of those, it's one of the Patriots axioms. And it's just, it's so true. And it's like, if you take care and worry about what you need to do, so many other things will break right for you and you'll be able to have so many more beneficial experiences than rather if you focus on the not, things that really aren't that relevant. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of impacts, let's talk about something that's currently a negative impact. Mm-hmm. The COVID. Let's talk about something that's currently like a negative impact, right. COVID-19. Um, I know it's affected a lot of sports in the area, like it's uh, just nationally even. Right. How do you think it's, how do you think it's going to impact football? Like how do you think it's going to impact just every level, like high school, college, national? It's, I think it's going to have a devastating effect, unfortunately. And I'm currently living in Fairfax, Virginia. And I think two days ago, they just canceled the high school football season for the fall. Mm. So hopefully they'll be able to have it in the spring. But it's one of those things that it's, it's truly unfortunate for all the athletes involved because you won't have such a limited amount of time to be able to play sports in high school, whether it's sports in college. And I even feel truly sympathetic about some of the kids from the spring that had their high school seasons taken away and personally like my best seasons were my senior seasons so my senior year of prep we were finished number four in the nation win the state championship my senior year at penn state we finished number three in the nation win the big 10 win the orange bowl so i'm just thinking if i put myself in that situation i was like i wouldn't have those years and that would definitely have a different impact on my life and it's one of those things that's like we first and foremost people need to be safe and as unfortunate as not having the sports might be or currently is, we need to make sure that we can keep, keep everyone as safe as possible. So it's unfortunate, but at the same time, it's necessary to make sure that people are safe. And hopefully sooner rather than later, we can get this thing taken care of and we can get back to our normal way of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about some uh, 
let's talk about one reason. Give me some reasons here why you think people should play football. Like, let's say everything clears up and everything's good to go. They find, you know, they make the adjustments. Right. What are some things, what are reasons why you personally would tell someone you should play football? Why someone should play football? I think a lot of it is definitely from my own personal perspectives. I know what the impact has been on my life and how I was able to achieve a lot of success that I never thought possible through football. And knowing that you build camaraderie with your teammates that you'll, that you'll, I don't, I can't say you will never get from other sports, but it's different because I played other sports growing up and the camaraderie that I have with my high school teammates and college teammates is something that is irreplaceable because you go through such a hard, strenuous exercises to be able to make sure that you are best prepared for those games. Particularly at Penn State, it's like we had 12 games each season and we worked almost 300 days a year to prepare for those 12 games. You take three, each game about three hours or 36 hours, our whole year was dedicated towards preparing for. And just knowing that you're working for honestly for an unattainable goal, knowing that you can't be perfect, but at the same time, you strive for perfection. And knowing the amount of wonderful people that I came in, across during my time at playing football. Like I mentioned Coach Heidelberg and Coach Mitchell at Prep, Coach Maternal at Penn State, Coach Johnson at Penn State, who's now the defensive line coach at Ohio State, such a phenomenal man as well. He's one of the main reasons why I went to Penn State in the first place because he's such an inspiration. And he truly maximizes the best out of people. And it's no surprise why you've seen so many of the Ohio State Salam and go high in a draft with Chase Young last year because he is truly an outstanding leader of young men. So knowing that had I not played football, I wouldn't have had those experiences, wouldn't have been able to meet those those men, it it would have changed my life and had an adverse effect on it. So I I would say that you cannot go wrong by playing it. Now, mind you, you've learned some more about some of the uh, issues with head injuries. And I think you just make sure that you take all the safety precautions that you can while playing the sport moving forward. And I, I appreciate the fact there's been a lot more emphasis on teaching proper technique and playing this sport and making sure that people are getting proper taken care of. Because it, it's almost like you see the line of delineation from kind of in the era that I played to where it is now, where you did get hit in the head, you or quote, unquote, got your bell rung you just shook it off, got up, and kept playing. And now that doesn't happen anymore. And I think that's definitely an improvement for the sport moving forward and that continued uh, viability of the sport moving forward. So I think it's definitely moving in the right direction, but still has some more ways to improve. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Now, you touched on it earlier. So this brings up the next question. What about like the importance of teamwork? You know, mm-hmm. most things are referred to as like a paternity, even in the Absolutely. good way. Yes. Good one. What's teamwork in your words? Like, what's what's the value? I think team teamwork is something that it it enables you to be able to maximize the potential out of everyone. If you're concentrated on doing your best, it, first and foremost, it starts by doing your job properly, and then helping others to be able to do their job. And then, if you have so many people focused on one goal, you're able to more likely achieve that goal than if if not. And I forget who said the quote, but it was one of the other things that Coach Patrice used to say all the time. You'd be amazed by what you can achieve 
when no one cares about who receives the credit. And some of the teams that I played on were some perfect examples of that. Like lots of success that we had at prep, winning a state championship, this is us at Penn State. The best teams that I've been on were truly about the team and not so much about their own personal recognition. Because we know we knew that if we do well, we all will do well. We all will get recognized and get all the additional accolades that come with being a successful team. But the first and foremost is about the work. And if you're about the work, great. If you're not about the work, then get out the way. This is someone that is and coming and do the work. But at the same time, we had so many willing and diligent individuals that were willing to sacrifice to make sure that the team did better. And that's what teamwork's about. And that is so transferable to any walk of life that you go into because more often than not, people are going to be working with other people. You're not going to be isolated and work on your own and not have to interact with other people. But if you have that skill of being able to get along with individuals, being able to put others before yourself is going to take you a long way and you're going to be able to maximize your potential. Mm -hmm. Now, can you explain like the importance of uh, like how much extra work goes into the game? Like you mentioned, you know, it's all about keeping everyone uh, up to their standards. They're like uh, the word just slipped my head, like keeping everyone credible or. Right. Yeah. Accountable. Almost. Accountable. Right. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, it's almost doing the, you, you already do the work that's mandatory, but it's doing the additional work that which separates you. Because the mandatory work, you just kind of expect everyone to do that. You have your wind sprints, you have your lifting days, but it's like, if you go above and beyond what's required, you can truly see the results. And that's one of the things that I appreciate so much about we're working with Coach H. Because Coach H, we not only the time that he sacrificed with me and taking away from his family, but he truly, honestly wanted me to be the best person I can be. And I know that we went above and beyond what normal high school students did. And to put in that work and then see the success that I was able to attain and what we were able to attain as a team, it really shows you that hard work pays off. And I think it's something that I've taken, not just from sports, but from my family as well. Because I've seen exactly what can come if you do put forth that effort. And it's something that if you want uncommon results, you have to put in uncommon work or else it's not going to happen. Everyone has dreams, but not everyone's willing to work for those dreams. And learning and having those wins, like I had a success from high school, like, I was fortunate to be named three-time All-State while I was at prep and seeing exactly that, oh, okay, if I put in X amount of effort, I can get X amount of results. Oh, okay. This is what needs the roadmap I need to follow to be able to achieve my dreams. And I've been, that's the roadmap I would try to, try to emulate throughout my life, whether it be going from Penn State, going on to business school, graduating law school, and now current, in my current profession, working as an attorney that one of the largest law firms in the world, that's, that's, that's what it is. And all that has come from my family and from the experience that I gained from playing sports. Mm -hmm. So you're currently an attorney right now. I was yes. about to ask you what you're currently up to today. Yeah, so I work for Morgan Lewis. It's the largest law firm that's based in, uh, in Pennsylvania. It's based in Philadelphia. And it's actually the largest law firm in the world that's ran by a woman. 
So we have over 2,000 attorneys and they have 31 offices around the world. I'm working, currently working in the DC office, but now given COVID, I'm working remotely. But it's been a wonderful experience and I've been working for them for the past seven months in an international trade and national security practice. So we're, we have clients from all over the world. We're actually working with a client that's has offices in 21 different countries and we're helping them with some investigations and it's been a wonderful experience. And it's one of the things that I, I said before about with my family and my godfather, I mentioned he's an international trade attorney. And I was fortunate back in 2012 to be able to travel with him to, to China and be able to see some of the way, some of the businesses that he had operates and be able to interact with some of the clients that he has. And it was like, all right, what do I, what do I have to do to become you when I grow up? So went on to law school, went to Villanova Law School, graduated from there. But one of the reasons why I want to go to Villanova is that they have a dual degree program. So I was able to do my first two years of law school at Villanova. Then my last year I spent in Hong Kong. So I got an LLM, a master's in law degree from the Sydney University of Hong Kong and lived there for the last year of law school. And it was a wonderful, fantastic experience. What was that experience like? Like, what was it? Oh, it was awesome. And it's like everyone I talked to before that had done had got an international LM was like it's going to be the best year of your life. It's going to change your life. You're going to make friends for the rest of your life, and all of the above transpired. So one of my classmates from Villanova, he uh, we did the program with me, and we were the first people from Villanova to do the program. But being the first people, you're going to have some hiccups along the way, and actually we did. But at the same time. We had an amazing experience. We made friends that were from mainland China. We And one of the beautiful things about the program is that we had people from all over the world. So there's a contingent from France there, there's a contingent from Italy there. And we were able to meet, learn, have fun. And I don't know if you've had a chance to travel to Hong Kong or haven't had experienced it, but it's almost like an Eastern New York. So it's like anything that you want to do, you can do there. And we had a great time. And it's such a wonderful life-changing experience. That's awesome. Now, I always call my guests on the show buddies, hence Buddy Cast. Absolutely. So, so I'm going to ask you, my buddy, if, one thing I always ask is, if you could pick a charity for all of our viewers to donate to, what do you think you would pick? A charity? Hmm. <laughs> uh, I said a March of Dimes. Because mm -hmm. my, my fraternity I'm a member of is the Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Mm -hmm. It's a large, it's the largest and oldest uh, historically black fraternity. And one of the things that we do is we work well with the March of Dimes. So it's, it's there's so many other good charities out there as well. So it's kind of hard to pick just one. But I think that's definitely one that I would I would advise people to give give their money to because it's so. There's so much good work that goes on, but at the same time, there's so much other work that needs to be done, unfortunately. So as long as you do what you can and try to help the best way you can and just make the world a better place, be able to make, it's a good start. That is beautiful. It's a great charity choice as well. <laughs> now the ultimate, our final question, and I always ask my buddies this, this is the ultimate buddy question. All right. What is your advice? You've touched on it a little bit before, but what's your advice for anyone looking to play maybe football or maybe just be a student athlete or, right. you know, who has those dreams of making it to a big shot one day, like playing for Penn State or playing right. for 
the NFL or something one day. Right. I would say one believe that it's possible because if you don't believe that you can do it, it's not going to happen. So you I mean with that belief, it goes beyond just us saying, "Oh, I can do this." You have to put in the work that shows that one, you can't do this, and two, that you believe in yourself, so that some other people will give you opportunity to be able to achieve that goal. And particularly if we, we want to focus in on making the leap from high school to college, I was fortunate during my process to when I was in high school, I went to Penn State's football camp. So anytime I talk to athletes that have like so much a, a dream school per se, now mind you, when I was growing up, Penn State wasn't my dream school. My favorite school growing up was Florida State. Mm-hmm. But my father was working in Harrisburg at the time and he was able to get some, uh, get me into the Penn State football camp. And I just went out and performed. Because if you want to really get to that level, you need to go against the people that are trying to compete for that as well. And that's one thing that frequently come from youth sports to high school sports. There's such a difference. When you're in youth sports, you're truly learning the game. You're learning about being a good teammate. You're learning about how to play the game. When you get to high school, it's all business. You need to be serious about your craft and you need to understand that you're not just competing against people within the city or within the state. You're And now you're competing against people around the world and you're competing for limited amount of scholarships. So if you want to go to this school, you need to make sure that everything you do is focused on that goal or else it's not going to get done. So when I went to Penn State's camp, I competed against, now mind you, they say the camp's instructional. Yes, it is. But at the same time, this, the camps are there to show people, to, so coaches can see who's next, who's coming up next. So we, I would compete in various drills with people from Texas, from Florida, from California. I'm just from Erie, Pennsylvania, and I'm open all of them. So that gave me the confidence, like, all right, so I might be able to make this thing happen. And then being named All-State as a sophomore kind of gave me even more confidence that, all right, I'm doing what I need to do and having the people in my corner, like I mentioned, Coach Mishler, Coach H, and even Coach Moore, Joe Moore, who is such a phenomenal coach that he has a college award named after the man, after him. So having those people in my corner and telling me what to do and how to do it and having that support is something that is, is important. It's like, if you have your dreams and you have your goals, don't be afraid to share them with people. Because if you share them with people, they will hold you accountable and let you know, all right, you're doing this properly or you're messing up. <laughs> and if you say you want this, do you really want this? And if you, if you do, you'll heed their advice, you'll heed their wisdom and follow that, those instructions. And like I said before, I've been so blessed to have many people in my life hold me accountable when I need to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. and hold me to a higher standard to be able to achieve that goal. And fortunately, I've, many of the goals I have set forth, I've, I've achieved. And I have many other goals to still achieve. I'm still working towards those. But if you want it, no one can say you can't have it. And just believe in yourself and make it happen. That was beautiful. That's one of my favorite things. You know, you talked about dreams. Buddy Castro, yeah. dream of mine, you know. Awesome. Just talk to people about everything. And you're right. People do hold you accountable. The amount of people yeah. I have afterwards love this episode. few tweaks here and there that I would. <laughs> Stuff like that's, that. That's the thing, though. It's like if you try it, you will learn more from it. And, like, 
you have your haters every now and then, but at the same oh, time, yeah. there can't be truth in that constructive criticism. Most definitely. And, and heeding that constructive criticism will only make you better. And that's one of the things that I love Coach Mitch so much for, because like, even as a sophomore on our team, he held me to highest standards. So I could, and it took me a while to really get, understand what he was trying to get me to do because I'm 15 years old and I have seniors that are doing the same thing I'm doing, but you're yelling at me on me all the time, but you're not on them. So I'm like, why is he always picking on me to like me? But then he realized, no, I, I see you have the most talent. And I want you to maximize that. And I'm going to hold you to a higher standard than everybody else. And once I realized, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm you. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, I'm all the, I was all the better for it. Once I realized the tactic and even, and we, we see it all the time when it comes to some of the work that we have, like we have some managers or some bosses that kind of can be adversarial, but at the same time, if you heed the constructive criticism out of the message, you will be better for it moving forward. So you have to develop that tough skin over time, but once you develop it, it serves you so well. Most definitely. All right. Thank you so much for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. Oh, Nick, it's a, it's a pleasure, man. It's always great catching yeah. up with you. Most definitely. Stick around after a minute. We'll catch up some more. Not a so, problem, man. Yeah. This is to all my buddies out there. This is my buddy, Charles Rush. Great football player. Very inspirational. And if you need a good lawyer, hey, he's here for you. <laughs> Appreciate so, it. But thank you so much again for being on the show. And how about one time for all our Penn State fans out there? How about a, we are. We are, Penn State, always. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yep. That's probably a Penn State thing for those who are. Absolutely. <laughs> I love the atmosphere. And I'll tell you about one of my favorite games afterwards. But nice. to all my buddies out there, like I always sign off with, go be someone's buddy. And have a great night. See you tomorrow. <laughs>